Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame, or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Lori Vober, and she is the author of the book, Choices. When you are faced with a challenge, what choices will you make? Lori's story is one where life brought some difficult challenges, but how she has learned to overcome those challenges and move forward with her life despite the major medical crisis she was experiencing. I pray that her story will encourage you today in your own struggles. Welcome, Lori, to the Fully Restored Podcast. Thank you, Kristen. I so much appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. I'm excited about our conversation. So Lori, tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do in your family. Yes, I am currently an adoptive mom of three children. I have three teens. Actually, one is out of the house already. She is 21. I have one that is graduating high school right now at age 19, and I have a 17-year-old. And we have uh, three uh, furry children, dogs, and uh, I have a a wonderful, godly husband. We've been married 24 years, and we are located in Goodyear, Arizona. My background is marketing and sales, but I'm also a new author and an aspiring speaker. So we have a very full life. Yes, it sounds like you do. So Lori, let's just jump right in. Could you share with us your story? Yes, my story actually begins when I was age 29. I was a very healthy, active adult with my husband, and we were just shy of our fifth year wedding anniversary when my whole life really changed. Like I said, my background is in marketing and sales. And at the time, I was working at the airlines in the sales organization And three weeks prior, in January of 2003, we had been trying to start our family for about a year, and our family planning process was not going quite as smoothly as we had hoped. And so I had received the opportunity from our church to accept the position of office manager. And so we had hoped that maybe this switch from corporate to office manager would make our family planning process a little smoother. So I accepted that opportunity and changed my career. Um, I had been doing a lot of traveling and my husband was an aircraft mechanic. So our schedules were opposite schedules. I had started that career three weeks prior when um, disaster struck. And at age 29, I had a massive stroke. And the stroke was called an intracerebral hemorrhagic stroke. Came out of the blue. It was a Friday afternoon. And I'm usually alone at the church actually on Fridays, but this particular Friday, I had a coworker working with me and a women's Bible study going on right down the hall. And I started feeling bad, but at age 29, I worked out frequently. I just didn't feel well. So I called my husband 
and said, I don't feel well. And he said, why don't you call your parents who actually happened to have moved closer to us about a year earlier since we were trying to start a family. They lived only about five minutes from the church. So I told them I wasn't feeling well. So they decided to stop by and check on me. And uh, I sat down in my chair and in the church office and all of a sudden my leg went numb and I fell from my chair. And that was my first warning sign that something was really wrong. And we called 911. Things progressed very quickly from there. By the time we got me to the hospital in the ambulance, I was unconscious. I went through a five-hour brain surgery that night to stop the bleed. And I woke up 17 days later out of a drug-induced coma, completely paralyzed on the left side. So I went from being very healthy and active to completely paralyzed with our whole life starting over again, having to learn to sit up and talk and speak and eventually learn to walk and do all the basic things all over again. So again, just in the blink of an eye, our whole lives had uh, changed, but I spent two months in the hospital and went home in a wheelchair to start our life all over again. And so when you got home, did you have people there helping you? You know, you said your parents had just moved nearby. That is so God planned and orchestrated just before all of that. Yes, it very much so. I mean, God was in this in so many ways. Part of the plan for me to change my career from corporate to the church, he was part of the plan for my parents to be moments away. So I saw them and that they then could be close by. We actually went and started living at their house so they could be my main caregivers while my husband was at work. It actually was meant to be that I actually met my husband as my husband. I'm a real go-getter. I always put my career first, and I grew up in Texas, accepted my first career in the petroleum industry, which took me to Oklahoma. And six months after living in Oklahoma, I accepted my position as a transfer and a promotion to Minnesota, which is where I met my husband. And I accepted Christ as my personal savior and became a strong Christian, actually, only as a senior in high school. And when I became an adult on my own, I knew church was going to be the foundation for finding friends. And that is where I met my husband. And um, we didn't know at the time that I had this brain hemorrhage just waiting to rupture, but God did. My husband grew up in a family where he watched his dad take care of his mom pretty much his whole life. And his mom passed away, unfortunately, a month before we met from hormonal cancer. And she battled that, unfortunately, for 16 years. But he watched his dad in a very compassionate style take care of his mom most of his life. And God knew that. And he knew I was going to need a husband one day that had that same compassion and had the same ability to stand by his wedding vows and had that background. And so I really believe, even though I took the promotion to go from Oklahoma to Minnesota and thought the reason I was moving to Minnesota was for my job, I truly believe now, looking back later, the reason I moved to Minnesota was to meet my godly husband. And that was really part of the plan. So God has an absolute plan in every single area of our life if we'll just keep our eyes on him. And I'm a firm believer in that. As each challenge has impacted my life, I can see his plan unfold in so many directions. And meeting my husband was just one more part of that. Uh, We just celebrated 24 years and 
Uh, not many husbands would have stood by me and what we've gone through and all our challenges the way he has. Wow. What a testimony. Just that part. Like we're not even fully through everything of you going through because, you know, you kind of left off that you moved into your parents' house and they're the caregivers for you. And then we went back. But when you accepted Christ and as a senior in high school and how that led you to go to church and and that's where you met your husband and just his life experiences that gave him a heart of understanding and compassion for somebody with a chronic illness. Yeah. And, you know, because of, of what his mom went through and to see how his dad loved and honored her. But also that's his personality, I would imagine, because you said he stayed with you. And you're right. A lot of, unfortunately, the sad part is, and I just wonder, you know, if there's listeners that know of someone that has had a severe issue, whether it's medical issue or something in their life that has happened and their marriage didn't make it. Right, um, right. I'm so grateful that he has uh, stood by me. And uh, my my story does have very, very complex and many layers. And to God be the glory that we've been able to keep our eyes on him and, and see his plan in each each and every one. And I'm thankful for the faith I've had in him through my life to be able to persevere through each challenge. Because if it hasn't been hadn't been for my faith early on, I wouldn't have been able to see this pattern in the, his plan. And so I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the attitude that I've always had um, to persevere with the glass half full attitude, because it's really helped me persevere through each and every challenge the way I have. Yeah. And so let's go back to what you experienced. So you're 29 years old, you have a stroke. I mean, you're feeling not feeling well. And by the time you're at the hospital, you're unconscious. And then you have a five hour surgery. 17 days later, you wake up, you're in the hospital two months, you go to your parents' house, they're your caretakers, you guys are, are living there. And that's your medical crisis and your health journey. What happened then? And where is your fully restored story in that mix? My fully restored story is I believe God truly protected me emotionally Mm -hmm. through that on a physical level. He truly protected me in the fact that because I used to exercise a lot, uh, he gave me the mindset that if I could persevere physically through that, and just work hard enough on a physical level, I could make it. I could get back what I had lost. I could somehow get back and get my life together again. And I truly believe God protected me emotionally from depression, from going down a a very slippery slide and many challenges along the way by having that physical aspiration. To continue with my story, Two months after our discharge, as we were living with my parents, um, because my husband was in the aviation field, this was a time right after our country experienced September 11th. And so aviation was a very difficult time. As luck would have it, my husband lost his job. And so we were now sitting with going from two wonderful, healthy incomes and a great lifestyle to no income and me fully disabled and in a wheelchair. And back then, medical wasn't what it was today. My providers, although they were wonderful, had the mindset that if you do not recover within six months, go be happy with your life because that is the best that we can do. And at age 30 at that point, 
I was not willing to accept that my life was going to be in a wheelchair. And at that point, I had no movement on my left arm or hand, and I was walking with a cane. God provided an outcome of moving us to Arizona. An aviation job was located there for him. Again, we thought the plan was for a job for him, which it was. However, I believe now looking back, it was also for my recovery because of the heat um, yeah, and not the ice the and the snow. Yes. It's perfect. But also mm-hmm. we found a fabulous new neuro rehab facility here in Arizona that was just opening up when we moved here. And I was one of their very first patients. And they have been tremendous in my recovery and my growth. And I don't believe I would be where I am today if it wasn't for them. It was called Swan Rehab. It's located in Phoenix, Arizona. And they really took me from where I was in that state of being in a wheelchair and with a cane to where I am today. And uh, I still have a disability today if you saw me in person. Um, However, I can walk independently. I can drive. My left hand and arm are an active assist to my right. So I am fully functional. I do walk with an electric stimulation device that does help me uh, walk with a better gait pattern than normal. However, I have made tremendous results and fully independently functioning. And uh, I would never be where I am today had I not found this uh, rehab facility. So just so thankful for the progress we've made. That is amazing, you know, and you're right that how the medical field would look at things and say, okay, you know, just you need to accept it. But God orchestrated everything. And for you to move to Arizona and then to find Swan Rehab and the warmth, I'm thinking the warmth was really made a difference as well, just in the recovery of your muscles and and your ligaments and everything. You know, we just do better when it's warmer (laughs) compared to cold weather. And so here you're going through this. How long were you in working at the Swam Rehab in that rehabilitation period? I worked solid for seven years nonstop. Uh, It was my full-time job. I I made it my full-time job working six to eight hours a day. If I was not at the clinic, I had my own therapy room at home. And so for about a solid seven years, I made it my full-time job to regain my independence. At a seven years, we decided that it was, we were at a crossroads of continuing that route or going back to our original family planning. And we decided at that point to continue with our family planning. However, when we came to Arizona, we were faced with another medical challenge in the fact that my brain started interacting with the scar tissue from the surgeries and I started developing seizures and developed epilepsy. So along with that seven-year stretch of physical therapy and occupational therapy, we also had uh, started enduring seizure management. So we decided at that point when we wanted to do our family planning that it was not safe with my seizures or my disability to consider biological. So we went the adoption route. And so in 2011, we adopted a sibling group of three children from Columbia, South America. So at that point, I continued with my therapy, but I also jumped um, full-fledged into motherhood and became a homeschool mom and took that on as a new role. So how old were you when your kids were adopted? I, let's see, that's a good question. I would have been 40. 
at about 40? About 40. And how old were the kids? Because it was a sibling group, right? Yes, the sibling group. And the kids were ages 6, 8, and 10. Oh, wow. Yes. And so now uh, they are ages 17 and 19 and 21. So we have just celebrated our 11th year anniversary of adopting them. Oh, how wonderful. Yes. So it has been a journey of both blessings and challenges of adopted older children. But I do hope that no matter what our children will have gained, you know, not only have they gained a forever family, but they will have gained uh, many aspects from me, compassion and resiliency through challenges and other aspects of just being part of our family. And I want to go back for a moment, Lori, because we can't just like go over and not acknowledge, you know, you said for seven years, nonstop, six to eight hours a day, that was your job was to get healthy and was to do the work of rehabilitation. And the truth is a lot of people wouldn't do that for seven years. And you did that hard work. You And what determination God has placed within you. You know, I always as a counselor, I talk to people about our personalities and their strengths and weaknesses to our personality traits. You know, determination is the strength and the weakness could be, um, you know, stubbornness. You know, we could be a little obstinate or stubborn, but I think God gave you that determination, that perseverance to keep pressing on, to not give up and taught you even more so in the middle of the journey just stay focused, take one day at a time, keep doing the work because you're making progress. And I'm thinking about people right now who are listening, and maybe it's not a medical issue that they're going through. Maybe it's something else that they're facing, but I just want to encourage you every day, stay focused, do the work, stay on task, do what God is telling you to do. Don't give up. Don't focus on the circumstances but take one day at a time, do what you need to do to get healthy, whether it's physically as you needed to do, whether it's emotionally, spiritually, you know, mentally, keep pressing in, do the work because your story, Lori, is a testimony of when you do the work, what happens on the other side, you know, and even with the obstacle of, okay, after the seizure, we developed some of the scar tissue and and that has caused epilepsy and having seizures you didn't let that stop you it sounds like you have not let that define you and that you've continued to pursue your heart dream you and your husband's heart dream of being parents and here you are with a 17 19 and a 21 year old and that is just so beautiful it is beautiful your determination it is beautiful the work that you have done to pursue your heart passion and not letting a huge mountain stop you from being who God wants you to be. Oh, I so much appreciate your encouragement, Kristen. Thank you. You know, I'm so thankful to God really for giving me this attribute of perseverance because he He has always given me this. And I, I really do think that uh, God gives us the strengths that we need for such a time as this. And, you know, I I tell the story and it is so true because, you know, we have these attributes and they come out when we need them. But my determination and perseverance goes all the way back to college. I had the opportunity to attend the University of Texas 
in Austin. And it was the most phenomenal experience. And education, it, it's, you know, it's very, very important. However, what made my experience at the University of Texas, although it was a fabulous education, was actually the fact that I was a part of the Longhorn Band. And the experiences I had with the Longhorn Band was what made it so special. But I was a part of the piccolo and the flute section for my first two years. However, I was also part of the band sorority. And going into my junior year, I was already slated to be an officer of the sorority. However, after tryouts in August and everything was posted, they had some really, really great piccolo and flute players. And when everything was posted, my name was not on the board. And I got cut from the Longhorn Band. However, I was already slated to be part of the officers for the sorority, yet I was no longer part of the Longhorn Band because I was I was not good enough for the piccolo section. However, because of my friendships and my perseverance and my attitude, I had some wonderful friends that came beside me and said, okay, we are part of the Flag Corps and our tryouts have not happened yet. And so you are going to learn everything there is to know about being a part of a flag corps. And we're going to teach you so that you can try out and persevere and make it into the flag corps. And that's exactly what we did. I persevered. I tried out. I made the flag corps. I spent the next two years in the flag corps of the Longhorn Band, along with my remaining time when I went back for alumni band. And I absolutely loved it. And it was an absolute joy to be part of Flag Corps. And I could have given up and I would have given up years and years of that amazing experiences and friendships and connections had I had just given up when my name wasn't on there. And I would have given up the sorority and the, and the band and the alumni band. But again, because God gave me that ability to persevere, he gave me those opportunities. So whether it's a medical issue, whether it's a financial issue, whatever you have going on in your life, I am such a firm believer that your attitude is so important and it takes you beyond your abilities, beyond your drive, beyond so many things, your talents. Your attitude is so important. It is. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking of two things. One was the muscle, that that muscle was being exercised and stretched of perseverance, of determination. And I was also reminded of our son. Our son is a, um, is a pilot with the Marines. And when he was you know, a senior in high school, he originally wanted to fly helicopters and applied for the Coast Guard Academy. And their appointments are a little bit different for that academy. And he didn't get in. In fact, that year, I think they had, I don't know, some just a couple hundred spots open and they had like 8,000 people apply or something like it was the highest number they'd ever had that year. And so I remember having that conversation with him about what is your end goal? What are all the ways that you can get there? What are the ways that if you do that out of a reaction, that will be a roadblock to what you want to do. It'll take you a direction that you won't be able to do that. You you can't be enlisted basically to be a pilot. It's much harder. You need to be an officer to be a pilot in all the branches. And so, yes, some people end up being pilots who are enlisted, but that's a very rare thing. And so that determination and that looking at, okay, plan A didn't work. What's plan B? Plan B didn't work for him. What was plan C? And it ended up at the very last board that 
His name sat before. They had one spot open for a pilot that had just opened up. It was the very last board that he was eligible for. And he was selected. It was between him and somebody in California. And he was selected. And um, God knew the plan that he had for him. But he also knew that there was a determination and a perseverance and a character stretching in that muscle of, okay, we need to develop this in you of determination and not giving up. If plan A doesn't work, then go to plan B. If plan B doesn't work, go to plan C and keep working and not giving up your dreams. And I'm thinking right now about people who are listening and I'm talking about my son, you're talking about your story and how it even started back when you were in college. And I would imagine even farther back, Lori, in your life, we could go back and go story after story after story. You could share of how you had to learn to be determined and persevere and not give up. All of that taking you to what happened. Was that 2003 when that happened? That's correct. Yeah. To all of that taking you to 2003, which is 19 years ago now, but in 2003, having a stroke and then needing that determination, needing that fighting spirit to not give up, to not, I don't think depression had a space with you because he, you know, your personality was too determined. Uh, no, we're going to conquer this. But that is what God developed in you. And those were things that through life circumstances, that muscle was stretched and, and developed and exercised. And it has grown to here you are 19 years later, you've written a book about your story and you're an aspiring speaker, as you mentioned, where your heart passion in many ways is, may my testimony be used to help others and encourage others. Yes, definitely. Yes. So uh, God really got my attention this past year, back January of uh, 2021, and really said, I had talked about writing a book in the past. And I thought really when I when I sat down to write my book, it would be more of a stroke survivor book or a stroke resource book. And he really got my attention. It was, you know, in the middle of the pandemic. And I am a women's ministry Bible study leader. And because I was restricted uh, with the stroke and the epilepsy from connection, once we moved to Arizona and I was able to connect again, I became very active in our women's ministry at our church. I'm very into connection and fellowship, so I lead a Bible study in person and on Zoom, but when the pandemic hit, I took my group on Zoom, so it was a time that I was leading my group, but on Zoom, so I had I was very focused on, uh, on God and uh, what He was saying, and He really got my attention and said, okay, I saved you from a stroke, I gave you a story, and you have not started to use it. And so it's time, it's time now to really start telling the world about it. And so I, I told my husband, God really said, it's time to start writing your story. And he just chuckled because I've told him before I was going to start writing and I really just started writing. So he'd walk through at night and say, what are you doing? And I said, I told you, God told me to start writing my story. And so at night he'd walk through and I would just be typing and chapter by chapter it developed. And it really just developed into what is now my book, which just came out in March. But it actually is not a stroke story. It's a story of all of our challenges because as it developed, um, we've really been through so much. 
our story of stroke and epilepsy and job losses and adoption and parenting and homeschooling. And the main message of my book is that life rarely turns out exactly how we pictured it. And we all have faced challenges in our life, some big, some small, but it's really about our choice and how we choose to react to our circumstances when we're faced with challenges. And God has a plan for each and every one of us. And it's our choice how we're going to react to our challenges and if we're going to look to God for his plan and keep our eyes on him. That's right. So Lori, with your life experience and where God has brought you today, what are two or three things that you can share with our listener as they begin their journey of healing? Yes, yes. One definitely is, uh, and I've already mentioned it definitely, but attitude can make all the difference. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm walking proof of perseverance and attitude. Also, though, find your happiness and who God says you are. And don't let someone else define your happiness. In today's world where social media and other people are so predominant in your life, that's so easy to do. But if we could try and, and not let that happen and keep uh, God as our focus, I think that's so important. And also just you know, if you can find, uh, if you don't have a faith, explore that as an option. If you do, keep your eyes on God and look for his plan. Don't give up and just take it one step at a time because uh, life can get very overwhelming, but just take one step at a time and uh, he will lead you. That is so true. And that is a good reminder because in the middle of our journey, we often want to be on the other side where we're fully healed or have the answer of what we're pursuing or working towards. And the truth is it's one step at a time. It's one day at a time. And each step and each day takes us closer to that dream or that healing or whatever it is that we're looking for on the other side. So those are some really good tips that you gave our listeners. So let's just talk about your book real quick. We've talked about it a little bit. Why did you title your book Choices? I really titled it Choices because uh, when I finished writing it, I felt like life is really about challenges and choices. And in the end, we have a choice to make in life and no one but ourselves can make it. And I found, you know, especially as being an adoptive mom, boy, my kids have gone through so many challenges in their life of abandonment and trauma, mental challenges, academic challenges. But, uh, you know, I look at it from my own medical challenges and their challenges that we all have a choice. And so that's why I titled it Choices, because I look at life from such a perspective of when we all go through things, we have a choice of how we react. And so that's how I came up with the title. Oh, I love that. And what's the main message that you want your readers to grasp from reading your book? I really just want them to grasp that, like I said a few minutes ago, that I completely understand from my own personal journey that life's hard and it's not easy. And my goal is through my book and sharing my story that I understand that, but that you can too persevere and that I hope my story will bring hope and encouragement to others. And uh, that was my goal of writing my book and becoming a speaker is to share my story, to bring hope and encouragement to others in the way I persevered through my challenges. Amen. Yes, you have persevered through all that. So Lori, how can people connect with you online? Yes, you can find me on my website. It's at www.lorivober, 
That's L-O-R-I-V-O-B-E-R.com. And you can find my story on there. You can find links to my book. You can find resources for adoption and stroke. And I'd like to just mention, Kristen, you know, as far as medical challenges, I've had medical challenges in the past, all the way from 2003, all the way up till just very recently. And so I understand if you're a listener and you're going through things, what it's like even today for medical challenges. Right when my book was launching, my doctor found a cyst in February. And so it wasn't ideal. We thought at the time when he found the cyst that I was possibly facing ovarian cancer with the blood work came back. That was highly likely. And based on my husband's past with his mom, that became a very stressful time with my book launch. But I was referred to a fabulous team of doctors at the Cancer Centers of America, where I immediately started sharing my story. And I just went through a full hysterectomy and recovered from surgery from that. It was benign, so I am cancer-free. However, again, God always has a plan, and part of his plan was to put me in touch with the cancer centers, which is only 10 minutes from my house. I've been given the opportunity to start researching volunteer opportunities where I can use my story now to help cancer patients, and that was an opportunity I would have never had had I not had this diagnosis. So again, God has a plan for absolutely everything. So I am still, even till today, going through different medical challenges, but learning that as long as I keep my eyes on him, his plan is great and big, and he has wonderful opportunities for each of us as long as we are open to it. Well, it has been such a joy and honor to interview you today, Lori. So thank you so much for joining us. Our show notes and all the links that Lori shared with us today can be found at my website, fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. And I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on, even a comment, because friends, everybody looks at those comments and ratings when they're looking to listen to a new podcast. I would love to stay connected with you. So you can find me on Instagram and my Facebook pages. Both of those are at author Kristen Klaus. I pray that this episode of the Fully Restored podcast ministered to you, encouraged you, and that you have some hope that regardless of what you are or have faced in your life, that you too can be an overcomer just like Lori. And remember, friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.